Hello, friends. This is Phonograph DJ Mac bringing you Centennial Songs. Taking a look back 110 years ago to a sharp-tongued monologuist vaudevillian who had a short recording burst amidst a long recording career. Comedian Murray K. Hill. Born Joseph Tunnycliffe Pope Jr. in 1865 in New York City, his family moved to the Midwest soon after. We can surmise he took his name from the Tony section of New York City. His evolution into the ragtag, quick-witted comedian he was known for being has murky beginnings. But we can trace his performing roots back to the late 1890s, which gave him at least 10 years on the road touring in vaudeville shows to hone his patter before making it to the recording studio for Edison for the first time at the age of 42 in 1907 with the title In the Good Old Steamboat Days. This one recording led to more for Edison, Victor, and a few for Columbia. You can hear these performances as if they were taken directly off the vaudeville stage. He seems to be not one to try new material as his monologues were well-worn, but did change slightly with each recording, a testament to his improvisational style. His animated singing style always conjures images of him and I find so expressive. Not much biographical information is out there about him searching online and through my books. He's someone I've always experienced mostly through listening to his recordings. But in an article in the Wichita Daily Eagle from August of 1916, saying that they had secured a national celebrity to appear at Wonderland Park, the vaudeville program will be entirely changed today, and the new bill includes that famous producer of hilarious laughter, Murray K. Hill, the greatest of all monologuists. Mr. Hill is in a class by himself. He cannot be described, but to see him once, he will never be forgotten. He recorded only about two dozen songs before retiring from recording in 1911, probably because he ran out of material. His records remained in the catalogs for sale for years to come, a testament to his popularity. He continued to perform in the demise of vaudeville until 1930 and passing away in 1942. Well, I'd say he's quite forgotten, but not for a moment here. Let's remember Murray K. Hill, a bright star that has dissipated into the mist of time, whose ghost, covered with shellac dust, we sweep off a bit here today. Speaking of goats, here's Murray K. Hill with Grandma's Mustard Plaster, an Edison cylinder record from 1909, this week's Centennial Song. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and you too, Professor. I'm going to try and butt in with a little talk on goats. Well, speaking about goats, I have a little boy. Of course, he's not a goat. He's only a kid, but he'll grow. But he wanted a goat. So I bought him a goat and took him home and introduced him to the family. It is funny how I bought this goat. I bought it from a pawnbroker. He was a kind of an unredeemed hand-me-down goat. Kind of a second-handed goat, that's what he was. I don't know from whom the pawnbroker got the goat, but a pawnbroker can get anybody's goat. But this goat is full of fleas. But my little boy discovered a scheme to get rid of the fleas. He covered the goat with bread and milk. The fleas ate the bread and milk. They got so fat they fell off the goat. Then my little boy says, get up, and they drove away and left the fleas on the sidewalk. 
And each, you should have seen this goat eat. He'd eat any old thing he took to my mother-in-law right away. But, Professor, I was going to sing you a little song entitled My Grandma's Mustard Clasher, but I left my music at home. Ah, I see you have a piano. Now, I'll tell you what we'll do. You tickle the piano, and I'll see if I can spread the placard. That's the idea. I had a pain that was under my vest. In fact, this pain that was in my chest. I asked my grandma what I'd take in a mustard plaster she didn't make. You should have seen that plaster draw, the hottest one I ever saw. It drew so hard it tore open my vest and drew my lung right out of my chest. I had to throw the thing away when an actor picked it up the J. On him it drew so hard, you see, it drew the extra salary. Of course, that made the actor sore. He stuck it on the theater door. The company were playing Faust. The plaster drew and it packed the house. A car conductor saw it there. And from the door it he did tear. He stuck it on his car a while. It drew his car for 40 miles. The motorman did loudly swear. And wildly did he tear his hair. The car had gone away too far. He tried but couldn't stop the car. Well, at last the plaster fell in the street. It struck a Chinaman on his feet. It drew his boots off at that point and pulled his leg at the opium joint. But he would not stand that abuse, and so he tore the plaster loose. He threw it and it struck on a cop that drew so hard it woke him up. It drew his hat down over his eyes, and loud for help the cop he cried. And then the wagon, it came down, the plaster drew it all over town. The coppers fought with might and main, and got this plaster on the train. And just as soon as that was done, it drew the train to Washington. That settled the mustard plaster, got stuck on politics. Our professor, I have to thank you, you're all right. But I have another little song here now entitled The Bumblebee. However, I have the music for this one. A boy once caught a bumblebee for fish bait he was wishing. He put him in his pistol pocket, then he went a fishing. He sat down on the bank and on the bee, the little sinner. And now that boy is an awful crank. He stands up to his dinner. A poor old bumblebee, poor old bumblebee. I don't sit on him while you're fishing, or he'll spoil your disposition. Poor old bumblebee. To the voices he. Now at my beehive, you beehive and let the bumblebee. A poor old bumblebee, poor old bumblebee. I don't sit on him while you're fishing, or he'll spoil your disposition. Poor old bumblebee, he says I'm and G. I tried to sting, but I got stung and broke my stingery. 